Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. And welcome back, everybody. We're going to talk about something today that many of us overlook. We don't really put the the focus or the importance on this one part of your body, which is so, so incredibly important to your good health and also preventing a lot of disease, a lot of issues that can make you get sick. And I'm talking about your gut. Uh, my gut feeling is we should be talking about this today, so we are going to. They also, they also call it the second brain. And I learned the hard way. I'll explain that in a couple of minutes. And he's somebody who really knows about gut health, wellness. He's also a chiropractor. He's the owner of Carlisle Wellness, and he is Dr. Philip Carlisle, and he's on the program. Philip, welcome back. How are you doing today? Thank you. I really appreciate you having me here today, and, and everything you said is accurate. I look forward to helping the audience understand how important gut health is. I would love to start by just sharing with everybody how I learned that the gut is really called the second brain, where I had some stomach issues. It was about six years ago. I didn't know what was going on. I ignored them. I know my diet wasn't great. I was you know, drinking lots of coffee and just something wasn't right. And it took, it took a few months where I got to the point, I wasn't sleeping well either, so that didn't help it in terms of stress and, and everything else. It got to the point where one day I said, I'm going to the hospital. Not many guys say that. I got to that point was I, I, I just can't deal. Something's up. Something's wrong. Well, it turned out that I had a, an ulcer. And it just, like when we say it's the second brain, it almost was communicating with the first brain. And they were talking you know, internally saying, hey, he's got a problem. And it got to the point where I was like, oh, I got to deal with this. Uh, but I learned the hard way in terms of good gut health. But there's so much to learn there. It's... In terms of the research, and I know, Philip, you're deep into that. How much research should we be aware of in terms of our gut and how we're doing it wrong? What what can you share with us out of the gate here? Ooh, well, to start with, uh, especially for you, by the time you get to the point you've got an ulcer, your gut bacteria, your microbiome has been messed up for a long time. And the mucosal lining has thinned, and the bacteria is, is a key part in helping with all that sort of stuff. Um, so from a research standpoint, you know, everybody's been talking about probiotics, this, probiotics, that. And most all the research for the gut, about 90% of the research has been done in the last five years. Wow. And it's one of those, in all honesty, with me trying to keep up with it, I just can't because there's so much coming out on a daily basis. Um and bottom line is, is your gut bacteria determine your health. They determine what you crave for food. Uh, they consume what you eat, and they produce their byproducts or what we need to make our hormones, our neurotransmitters. Uh, you were joking about that your, your ulcer was communicating directly to your brain. Um, actually, what we know now is through the vagus nerve and the enteric system, uh, your gut communicates more to your brain than your body communicates to your brain. It's crazy. Wow. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, and you're right. You're totally on point that I I don't want to say I ignored the issue, but I just... I call that man disease. All right. So I ignored the issue. <laughs> 
I totally did. Because I knew something was wrong, but I didn't want to confront it. And it was like the perfect storm at that moment of things happening. Bad diet, not enough, not enough sleep because I was working. I was getting up at 3.54 a.m., working three jobs, doing a backyard renovation, kids, family, blah, 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 where it just took its toll. But you're right in terms of the lining. I, I, I'd love to find the answer to this. So let's say you had a gut issue. Uh, maybe it was an ulcer. Maybe it was something else. Why is it that things can be fine for a while and then you'll you'll have caffeine. So I don't drink caffeine. I just don't. Okay. I mean, I'll have, you know, I'll go to buy a place to get coffee. Ah, they don't have any ca- uh, decaf. So I'll drink caffeinated. And then it kicks up again. And I feel that feeling, oh, oh man, something's not right. I feel kind of stressed out. Why does it, how does it kick up? Why do those situations flare your gut up in, into a problem? Okay, so to, to answer that, I'm going to go back to your science classes when you were a kid. And you're sitting there, and they've got you pouring salt into the little uh, beaker of water. And there's no salt, there's no salt, there's no salt. It's all being absorbed into the water, right? And then you hit that one specific point, we call it titration, when all of a sudden, boom, now you see all the salt back in the bottom of the beaker. Do you remember that? Yep. Yep. <laughs> okay. So it, it isn't that it just all of a sudden happens. It, you, you hit that crescendo, that building point where all of, everything just goes the other way. Um, and so, again, it's more of a chronic. And from a bacteria standpoint, most people don't realize how important your bacteria are. We, we are all this, let's clean this, let's sanitize that. And all of those things end up, you get it on your hands, you touch your mouth, next thing you know, you're killing your gut bacteria. People go, oh, well, bacteria is bad for you. Actually, no, your bacteria, there's actually research out that shows that we are a walking um, bacteria, that the bacteria are actually the top of the food chain, and we're just a walking vessel for them. (laughs) It's crazy. Wow. Um, You have... 10 times more bacteria in your gut alone than you have human cells in your entire body. And that's not even counting the bacteria in your mouth, on your skin, in your hair, and everywhere else on your body. So in reality, we are a walking ecosystem. And as we know living on Earth, when you damage an ecosystem, there's going to be prices to pay. And so maybe caffeine for you is the oil spill, and it mm. just sends everything the other way. I truly believe it is. <laughs> and, and my friend says, I literally was on the phone the other day, and I'm driving, and I'm like, ah, I'm going to go grab some coffee. And she says right away, no caffeine, no caffeine. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, of course, they were out of decaf so i had (laughs) caffeinated coffee and you know two hours later even after eating a meal so you think that that would kind of water it down or uh, dilute it um sure enough it's like the it is it is my is my gasoline to the fire you just drop it in there and it's like sure enough yeah here we go just like why did i do that again i'm blown away philip over the fact that most of the research has only been done in the last couple of years, most of the you know major gut research. So all that being said, what are, let's call it the top two or three things that we should do or should not do for good gut health? Now, one of them, 
I, I don't know if this comes under the category, but let's assume we're eating organic foods. So we're, 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 we're bypassing that. You know, we, we know that we should. There's lots of toxins. What are some of the other things that we should be mindful of? Okay, well, let, let's back up for a minute. <clears throat> and let's start with, because even eating organic foods, it, it's a good, great idea, needless to say. But when you look at it the way God designed the system, when, you, when we would pick the food that we're eating right off of the vines, it would have the bacteria that like that type of material on it, and we would consume it. And it's actually those bacteria that help us process and digest our food. So, and I hear this all the time from people, oh, I eat great, I eat an organic diet. I'm like, okay, so that was picked. Although it doesn't have pesticides, herbicides, or fungicides, great. But by the time it gets to the shelf and you eat it, it has no bacteria left on it. Everything is dead. So you're still missing the bacteria that would help you consume that particular fruit or vegetable. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we don't. So these it, are all the things that we never think about, Philip. So thank you for bringing that to light. It, exactly, and, and so, like one of the things when I get a, a fecal test, like what I do to determine what's going on when I'm trying to help someone, they come in and they're they're having constipation or diarrhea or they're bloated, all of the above. They're having the gastric distress that you are having, and we order a fecal sample. It's a DNA based test. And what it does is it comes back and it gives me all of the different bacteria. For a healthy gut, you're supposed to have about 180 to 210 different types of bacteria in your gut. And I tell people, think of the earth. You know, there's 195 countries. Each country consumes something and it produces something. And that's how it fits on the global scale. Well, your bacteria are the same way. So if when I look at these tests and I see that this person is missing these particular bacteria or these guys have overrun, and actually the issue is that kind of like Russia going into Ukraine. You know, it's completely messed up the whole system, and we just focus on, okay, what do we need to do to starve these particular bacteria, and how do we feed these guys so that we can balance the system? And, again, it's about coming back to that balanced ecosystem of bacteria in your uh, intestines. Mm. Wow. Okay. So let's say we want to create a better situation. What's the first thing that you would say? Number one thing, somebody has finally realized the importance of good gut health. Where do we start? Um, The key is, uh, number one, I would say start trying to eat more raw fruits and vegetables. Uh, That's what most of the bacteria that are the beneficial in our gut really like. Um, Believe it or not, taking smaller bites chewing your food more thoroughly because a lot of people, they they take big bites, they don't chew, which means then the pancreas can't produce the right enzymes, the gallbladder can't produce the right enzymes. And so you end up, even with eating the proper thing, you're just not breaking it down properly. It's going through as a chunk instead of being broken down completely. So that will aid in digestion. Um, Trying to drink more water, trying to stay away from carbonated beverages, uh, all those sorts of things are beneficial towards your gut health. Um, doing some of the uh, kombuchas, the kefirs, those sorts of things help with a gut. And, and my number one most important thing is please stop using hand sanitizers. They are so detrimental to your gut bacteria. Hmm. So is it ever okay 
to use a sanitizer ever? You know, mom said wash your hands with hot soap and water. Sure. That's the best thing to do. So I find that in today's world, your ability to find soap and water is just as prevalent as finding a sanitizer. Well, you know what? Interestingly here, Philip, hmm, uh, you're making me think because I, all, I, I've been using sanitizer forever. Before COVID, I was using it. It almost became a running joke. Not that I'm a, like a major germaphobe, but you know, I, I, I just use it. Set of touch, you know, door handles, shaking hands, all of that. And you're actually weakening your immune system. What you're doing, you're thinking you're helping your immune system. Right. But so here's now what we know. We used to say that our immune system protected us, right? Yep. Now what we know with the research is it's actually your back that are your first line of defense. And if they don't respond, then your immune system doesn't respond. It's our bacteria that attack the bad people, bad, bad germs or whatever you want to call it, and then that attack is what signals the immune system to respond. Hmm. So having your bacteria, having a very good bacterial flora is your primary defense, and it engages your own immune system. So I, I 100% get it, and I'm only asking this one question. If you're, if you're on the run, you just went to a meeting, you can't get to, you got into your car. Yeah, and I always, I'm mindful of, you know, right hand, shook hands with everybody. In my mind, don't put that hand by your mouth, don't touch things, blah, 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 until I get a chance to wash my hands. I just got in my car. I didn't get a chance to wash my hands. I don't want to touch things, steering wheels and things like that in those one-off situations, is it okay to use hand sanitizer? Uh, or yeah, I'm kind of feeling that it's not. <laughs> it's kind of where I'm, I'm thinking that you're going there. Uh, you know, I, I tell people, if you absolutely have to, then you need to get somewhere and wash your hands because you need to wash off the chemicals and the residual that is on your skin. Okay. Because you will touch your mouth, you will touch your eyes, you will touch all of these places, and your your bacteria are so crucial for you to have health. And actually, with you having the um, ulcer, that makes sense that you use a lot of hand sanitizer because that that's a very logical progression yeah. over time. Yeah, I really screwed that up. <laughs> <laughs> really uh and i never i never put the two together and uh i'll be i'm always transparent so i've been working in radio forever and my colleagues on the air would make fun of me that i would be using hand sanitizer and my co-host she would always say i'm gonna go into a starbucks bathroom and lick the toilet i don't really care it's okay and people would call in some would support me but some would call in and say just what you said do you realize what you're doing with that sanitizer? And this is going back to like 2016. And then, you know, shortly thereafter, you know, then I'm, then the ulcer flared up. So there you go. There's the proof right there. Probably. Well, they were actually hand sanitizers were banned in school for a while pre COVID. And then COVID happened. And, and actually when I'm analyzing people, the, when I'm looking at the test now, the microbiome is so much worse now um, post COVID than before. It just amazes me the differences that I'm seeing in the bacterial floras. 
And I have to say, a lot of it has got to do with the overuse of sanitizing products that kill everything. Mm. When you say the microbiome, are you talking about results of patients, you know, when you look at, you know, where the numbers are? So microbiome, the, the fancy definition of it is it simply said it is the bacterial flora that is in your gut. So it's all the different breeds of bacteria. You remember in, in science, you've got phylums and you've got families and you've you got uh, species and, gene, and all those guys, right? So when we look down in the gut and we look at the different bacteria that are there, um, there are, like I said, there's supposed to be 180 to 210. There are 12 that do the majority of the heavy lifting for us for digestion. Um, they're the ones, I, I, one of my analogies I use all the time is building a house, you know, and, and you need your plumber, you need your electrician, you, you need your guy that does the uh, foundation and, and all those various things. And if you only have the one that does the foundation, you're not going to have a good roof, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> or your plumbing is not going to be right. So having the right workers, the right bacteria in place when we talk about the microbiome, Again, it's that ecosystem concept. They've got to work together for the betterment of the whole. I definitely have plumbing problems. There's no doubt about that. (laughs) Uh, We have a question. We're going to take a very short break and come right back. And we are talking with Dr. Philip Carlisle. Does so much there at at your location uh, in terms of wellness, Carlisle Wellness, uh, chiropractic, of course, but uh, also we're talking about gut health today. If you want to weigh in, instantfeedbacksteve at gmail.com, your website, carlislewellness.com. Coming back. Don't go anywhere. Hi, I'm Randy, and this is Dave. We're the founders of Bombas, the most comfortable socks in the history of feet. So comfortable, we sold and donated millions of pairs. To sell and donate a lot of socks, we became obsessed with comfort. We reinvented the sock from the ground up, adding comfort innovations along the way. It worked. People tried them, loved them, told their friends about them. Helping us sell and donate millions of pairs. Try them now at bombas.com slash comfy and get 20% off your first order. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash comfy. All across greater Fort Lauderdale, millions of taste buds are cheering. Because right now you can dine at top restaurants and enjoy amazing three-course meals starting at just $35. So good. This is what I'm talking about. Pass the butter. It's all part of Lauder Deals. Great deals at restaurants, spas, attractions, and of course, hotels. Look at that beach view. Look at that mini bar. See all the Lauder Deals and plan your beach getaway at visitlauderdale.com slash deals. Hey, who ate all the key lime pie? You don't become a 117-year-old automaker in this country by refusing to change. The Ford Motor Company does not resist, deny, or ignore change. We pledge to make our most iconic vehicles electric, to use 100% renewable energy across all global manufacturing plants by 2035, to stand for lower greenhouse gas emissions, to stand with Americans and for the planet. With no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, banking with Capital One is like the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Kind of like choosing Charles Barkley in a pickup game. We'll take Barkley. Ha! First pick! Sorry, kids! Yep, even easier than that. And with our top-rated app, you can bank anytime, anywhere, making Capital One an even easier decision. Okay, here's the plan. Pass me the ball every time. This is Banking Reimagined. What's in your wallet? New consumer accounts only. Approval required. Terms apply. Capital One and a member FDIC. 
Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. And we're back talking with Dr. Philip Carlisle, carlislewellness.com. He is the doctor of chiropractic and also has so much knowledge in terms of, of wellness. And we're centering on gut health today. James is checking in from Hunts Point, New York, instantfeedbacksteve at gmail.com, and says, I'm hearing you talk about hand sanitizer. Let's see. I understand that it can impede our body's ability to fight germs, but is sanitizer really that bad for us since it's mostly just alcohol? So what are your thoughts on that, Philip? Again, it's, it's killing the bacterial flora. Okay. And we depend on them to get our nutrients. We depend on them for our defense. We depend on them to help make our neurotransmitters and other things that our body has to have. So regardless of what it's made of, it actually is killing the healthy bacteria in the body. Got it. So I guess where James is going here is he's differentiating between the product, the sanitizer. It's not so much the chemical makeup of it that's doing harm to our bodies. And again, you put it on your skin, it goes right in. Um, it's more about how it's killing the bacteria, whether it's just alcohol or not. And that's where, that's where we have the issues. And one of the things that I tell people is what you said is very accurate. It's soaking into your skin. Mm. Um, if you wouldn't drink it, then don't put it on your skin. Yeah, and that goes back to all the products that people use. Like, you know, <laughs> just think about it. You just walk into a CVS and you buy some skin cream, you know, moisturizer. How do you even know what you're getting? And you're putting, you're literally, or or pretty. I'm, what, am, what amazes me is, is how much the body can put up with and deal with that we put into it. It's like the... Um, lab experience of how many chemicals can you put into the container before it goes kaboom. Yeah. <laughs> you know, interesting visual of that. I really got that. I mean, Philip, that is like crystal clear where you just get, let me add this. Let me add this. Hey, nothing's happened yet. Hey, put that in there. Let's see what happens with that. Oh, nothing yet. Uh-oh, we have a problem now. And then somebody's got either disease or major sickness. Um, let's go back real quick. We have like a minute left, but organic, I've tried, I'm getting back into really pushing organic, um, and, and, and eating more organic, uh, scale of one to 10, 10 being don't even think of anything but organic food. Where would you sit with that? Um, I'm going to tell you, it depends on what you're eating. Um, berries, thin skin, fruit, stuff like that. 100% 100% got to go um, organic. If it's a cantaloupe or a, a, a pineapple, something like that, that that's up high, doesn't get a lot of the pesticides, herbicides, fungicides, um, coconut, those sorts of things, not as much of a concern. So look at what you're consuming, what type of skin that it has, mm. um, and then uh, where it's actually grown on the plant. You know, is, is it a top growth or is it a bottom growth? Ah, okay. And I, I recently heard about the Dirty Dozen, and those yes. are, right? So that basically, do I have this right? But it's it's mostly fruit that has a thinner skin. So like grapes, strawberries, cherries. But if you look at the, I don't know what the opposite of the Dirty Dozen is. I forget what it's called, but it's it's 
It's more acceptable fruit with less pesticide. It's the thicker skin stuff, like a banana, like you just said, a pineapple, where the pesticide can't get into it easily. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. All right. So it really, not everything has to be organic, but you need to pick and choose what you're buying um, to make that decision. Because, again, in the cost of groceries today and everything else, if you can save a little here and spurge a little more there, it's going to go a lot better for you in the long run. Absolutely. So you're located in St. Simmons Island, Georgia. Is that right? Uh, yeah, St. Simons Island. Yep, it's a little uh, island off the coast of Georgia. We're about an hour south of Savannah, an hour north of Jacksonville, Florida. Um, but the gut stuff that I do, um, I consult people all over the U- United States. So if that's something that's interested in you or you're interested in, um, reach out through the website or give me a call. Um, at my office number, and we'll set up a consult and can kind of go from there. Yeah. Uh, you're dealing with any kind of issues, go to an expert, and uh, Philip, you are one. And uh, you get right, I love the fact you get right to the point, because sometimes it can get very technical. You know, when you go to the doctor, you're trying to, like, you know, figure it all out. You figured it all out, and uh, you're very transparent about everything, too, especially the fact that it's only been in the last few years that this heavier research has been done on something so uh, so detrimental to our health, and that'd be the guide. CarlisleWellness.com is the website. And Philip, pleasure talking with you today. Learned a lot, and uh, looking forward next time we get a chance to get together here. Thank you. Have a blessed day. You too. We'll be right back. Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. Adopt U.S. Kids presents Multiple Choice Parenting. Your daughter just had her first breakup. Do you, A, put yourself in her shoes? How could he do this to you? And for Sheila, she she has split ends. B, console her. Oh, sweetie, this is going to happen a lot. Four, maybe five more times before you get married. C, take charge. Got to get this all straightened out. Keep a little talking to, man to man, mano a mano. Hey, Steve. Is now a good time? No? Okay, no problem. Bye. Or D, help her find a new boyfriend. I know a great place to meet boys. The internet. Nice, single boys. Never mind. How about some ice cream? As a parent, there are no perfect answers. But you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt U.S. Kids, and the Ad Council.